0: All right. Hello, Christ Community Church. We are glad all of you are here. Greetings to our our West Campus and to those of you at our Traditions venue. Um, as well as those who are watching online or however you're, you're here, we're just glad that you are here. And a special greeting to all of our, our college students. Um, uh, we're, we love you guys and are so glad you're here. We're excited about all that God wants to do in your life, and uh, we're just thankful to be a part of that. So, we are in the midst of a teaching series that's focused on how we can experience a friendship. With Jesus? How can we cultivate a relationship with Jesus that is not distant and superficial, but rather is intimate and deep and real? I mean, that kind of relationship is possible for any believer in Jesus, but it is not automatic. It it, it must be intentionally Cultivated and so how do we do that That's what this four part Teaching series is all about Now in order to answer that question we are looking at the example Of Mary um, Who we are introduced to in the book of Luke Chapter 10 We don't know a lot about Mary But there are a few passages where we see her And in each one of these passages It becomes very clear that she experienced A very real, very powerful Friendship with Jesus One that her sister Martha did not experience. And so in this series, we're looking closely at Mary's life and discovering what differentiated her relationship with Jesus from Martha. So two weeks ago, we looked at the importance of delight, of taking time to delight in Jesus. Then last week, we talked about the importance of vulnerability, a willingness to open our heart to Jesus, being real with him. Well, today we're going to talk about a third characteristic of a friendship with Jesus. And we see this in Luke chapter 10. 38 to 42 so let me read this out loud you can look at your Bible or Bible app if you have that or it'll be on the screen here as Jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to Word. Okay, so Martha is the one who invited Jesus into her home. And so she was busily taking care of all the food preparations that had to be made. She was clearly stressed out. And what made it worse from her perspective was that her sister Mary wasn't doing anything to help. <clears throat> We're told that Mary was sitting at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And when Martha told Jesus to tell Mary to help, Jesus gently but firmly told Martha that Mary had chosen what is better, and that was not going to be taken away from her. So what had Mary chosen? She had chosen to stop and to listen to Jesus. And Jesus praised her for it. See, what we discover here is that listening to Jesus is at the heart of a true friendship with Jesus. Jesus finds listening to him more valuable than serving him. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, and why is that? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in, in the book of John, verse 15. Look at this verse. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. See, in this passage, Jesus differentiates between servants and and friends and notice the difference jesus says that a servant is just doing his or her duties right they're they're doing what the master wants them to do which is not a bad thing but jesus actually longs for something more than that with us a friendship a servant jesus says doesn't know his master's business but the master reveals it to a friend so I think of Downton Abbey. I don't know if any of you watched Downton Abbey, um, but we watched all the seasons of it. And it was set in, in England in the early 1900s, and there were lots of servants in this big, you know, uh, house, this big mansion, really, in England. And, and all the servants lived downstairs. And there was this clear separation between the Grantham household, right, and the, and the, and the servants. <clears throat> but there were moments in the show when that divide sort of got blurred, When one of the Grantham household would kind of choose to let one of the servants kind of know about the details of something that was going on in their lives. And in that moment, or vice versa, it became more of a friendship. It became more of a friendship. What John 15 shows us is that Jesus wants this kind of a relationship with us. He wants us to be more than servants. He, He wants to disclose things to us, he wants to speak to us personally. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus wants to speak to you personally? That's a really important question. See, if we don't believe that Jesus wants to speak to us, we won't hear his voice even when he is speaking to us. For the first few years of my Christian life, I was taught that God doesn't really speak to us except directly from the Bible. But over time, I began to realize that this Bible that I'm studying, right? This Bible repeatedly describes God speaking to people personally from the beginning of the Bible to the end. We see example after example, after example of God speaking personally to his people and not just super spiritual people like Moses and Abraham or whatever. No, no, no. The scripture is filled with examples of God speaking to normal, ordinary people ordinary people, maybe not normal, but normal, ordinary people like you and me, right? Um, Just ordinary people. For instance, Philip, in Acts chapter 8, verse 29, Philip was not an apostle. He was just an ordinary follower of Jesus who was involved in ministry. And in verse 29 of Acts, we read, chapter 8 of Acts, we read, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. The Holy Spirit spoke To Philip, giving him specific direction, which then opened a door for an amazing ministry opportunity. Or what about Simeon in Luke chapter 2, verse 26, who the the text tells us that he was moved by the Spirit to go to the temple at just the right time. Moved by the Spirit, go to the temple, just the right time, enabling him to actually meet the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, as a baby. Um, Ordinary people hearing the Spirit speak. That's what we see throughout Scripture now, more than just examples, this is also the clear teaching of Scripture. Paul says in Romans 8, verse 14, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. This is a normal part of being a, a child of God. It's, it's being led by the Spirit, hearing the Spirit's voice. Jesus said in John ten twenty seven, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, what I began to discover is that from a biblical perspective, the Bible that we're all studying, from a biblical perspective, hearing the Spirit speak to us is normal Christianity. It's normal. Jesus wants to speak to you and me. In fact, one of the reasons that he gave his Holy Spirit to us one of the reasons he did that was for this purpose, to speak to us. And this is why in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church, this is a significant moment, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes upon the church. He's poured out upon the church so that everyone has the, every believer in Christ has the Spirit living in them. So the first thing that Jesus, that Peter says in describing what was happening in Acts chapter 2, he says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. That's just happened. Peter's saying I will pour out my spirit on all people Your sons and daughters will prophesy Your young men will see visions Your old men will dream dreams Even on my servants Both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days And they will prophesy That's the first thing Peter says when the Spirit comes. I mean, to prophesy means to hear God speak and then to communicate that with with another person. So clearly, one of the primary aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives is him speaking to us, revealing the heart and the mind of Jesus. And notice who is included in this list of those who can hear him. Men and women, young and old. Every believer in Jesus can experience this. Jesus wants to speak to you personally, every one of you. He wants to speak to you personally. You can learn to hear his voice, which will result in a deepening friendship with him, like Mary had. Okay, so given the clear teaching of Scripture that God wants to speak to us, how do we learn to better hear his voice? Well, Mary shows us the critical aspect of how to hear the voice of jesus how to better hear the voice of jesus and that aspect is attentiveness attentiveness in this passage martha is busy doing right she's busy serving she's busy worrying about all the preparations and all the details she's running around doing all these things for jesus and contrast that with mary who is sitting at the lord's feet listening to what he said. She, Mary is being attentive to Jesus, intentionally attentive to Jesus. Now, how many of us realize that there is a big difference between hearing and listening? How many of us realize there's a big difference? Yes, there is. Um, to, to hear speaks broadly of simply perceiving sound. We hear a train whistle. We hear a siren. We hear this person's voice. The sound comes to our ears. It requires nothing of us. We just hear it. Martha was probably hearing Jesus' voice that day, but she wasn't listening because she was busy with all the other things. She She was hearing it. To listen means to intentionally be attentive to the sound to be attentive to the person speaking. Listening is a relational skill. It is a relational discipline. I think part of the reason that we struggle to listen to God is because we struggle to listen to anyone. I think the reason we struggle to listen to God is because we're kind of poor listeners in a lot of relationships and that just kind of gets transferred into our relationship with God because again listening requires us to be attentive to this person focusing on them and so often in conversations with people, we're, we're, we're looking at our phone, they're talking, we're texting someone. Oh, just, you know, just real quick. Or uh, we're, uh, we're looking at the TV in the restaurant to see what the, the Rocky score is. Or, we're, you know, we're thinking about what we're going to say next, right? We, we are not nearly as good at multitasking as we think we are. And you'd think that after 27 years of marriage, I would have learned this, but apparently not. I mean, what I'm going to tell you has probably happened a dozen times in our relationship, but not that long ago, Raylene was talking to me and I was listening, but I was also kind of had my computer open and I was just sort of looking at my screen there, you know, trying to do both. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and after about two minutes of this, she just quietly stood up and walked out of the room. And I, and I said, Oh, what, where, where are you going? I, I was listening. No, you weren't. <laughs> she was like, No, you weren't. You're, you're not being attentive to me. And she was absolutely right. I was not being attentive. I was trying to focus two places at once. And that doesn't work in relationships, it doesn't work. In listening, and the same thing is true with God. Listening to God involves, it requires an attentiveness on our part where we quiet our hearts and we focus our attention on Him. Now, here's the deal a lot of times, I think. We have this assumption that if Jesus is speaking to us, it will be so incredibly obvious that we can't miss it. It will be this audible voice that rattles the room. It will be letters written across the sky. Um, and that, Now, granted, God could certainly do that, and he has at times in history spoken in a variety of ways, but it is not the primary, typical way that God speaks. God typically speaks to us in a way that requires Attentiveness on our part. He speaks to us in a way that actually requires attentiveness on our part. In, in the book of, of, of uh, First Kings, in the Old Testament. In chapter 19, we see the story of Elijah, who was an amazing prophet of God, and he, after this incredible spiritual victory on on the top of Mount Carmel, amazing spiritual victory, he found himself, and this often happens to us as well, he found himself in the midst of this emotional depression. He was struggling, had this great victory, and then he just kind of found himself in this really dark place emotionally. He felt like he was all alone, that he was the only one left that was standing up for God, and... uh, And what he desperately needed, we find out in the text, what he desperately needed in that moment was to hear God speak to him personally. That's what he needed. And so he stood and he waited to hear God speak. And and first of all, there was a huge and powerful wind that came and it shattered the rocks as Elijah's standing there. But uh, Elijah discovered that God wasn't in the wind And then there was this earthquake, right? Everything is shaking around. But the Lord, we're told the Lord wasn't in that either. And then there was this fire, but God wasn't in that. Verse 12, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. And the Lord was in the whisper. Now, what do we instinctively do when someone whispers to us? What do we instinctively do? We lean in. That's the only way we're going to hear them. When they're whispering, we have to lean in. We know the only way we're going to hear them is by being extra attentive to them. See, God most often speaks to us not in the dramatic, but rather in a gentle whisper. And here's the deal about his whisper. It can easily be ignored by us. Because he's whispering, (laughs) right? It can easily be ignored by us. We can easily dismiss it. We can easily blow it off. But when we do that, we miss God speaking. We miss him. This is huge. This is huge for me. This point I'm making right here was, without a doubt, the biggest barrier in my hearing God speak for years Even as a pastor here, four years in my walk with God, I have believed that God still speaks to people. And I would teach this from the Bible and all this. I believed that God still speaks. But also for years, I wasn't hearing his voice. I thought everyone else was hearing, and I was not hearing him. And it was so frustrating. Why isn't God speaking to me? Why wasn't he speaking to me? Well, through a a series of events and experiences, I began to discover that God actually was speaking to me. He had been speaking to me all along. I just hadn't been attentive. See, I was expecting something dramatic. Something that could not be ignored, you know, a, a vivid HD quality, um, you know, picture um, coming to mind or a strong audible voice, you know, that was crystal clear. Alan, I want you to go to seminary, you know, whatever. Um, that's what I was expecting. <clears throat> but he was whispering. He was whispering and I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't listening for a whisper. I wasn't paying attention to a whisper. So what does that mean exactly, he's whispering? What does it mean? What I'm talking about is something that happens not in our ear canal. It happens here. It happens in our inner being. It happens in our hearts and our minds. It's an internal thing. The way the spirit most often whispers and speaks is by dropping into our heart or our mind a thought or a scripture reference, or a person's name, or a picture, or a song, a line from a song, or a phrase. And when you you really think about it, we've all had this happen. (laughs) We've all had this happen, right? Where we're woken up in the middle of the night and a person's name comes to mind, or we're driving down the street, a person's name comes to mind, out of the blue. We haven't thought about them for years. I mean, do we dismiss that? Or do we give attention to that, recognizing that God may be putting this person on our heart for a specific reason, so we can pray for them, so we can check in with them? See, these these inner impressions, the way I'm describing here, these whispers, these inner impressions are things that we could easily ignore, and we probably have hundreds of times before. We've just ignored them. But now, because we're being attentive, we choose not to ignore it. We pay attention to it. And it's amazing what happens when we start paying attention to these whispers. One of one of the most powerful examples of this personally, I've shared this, um, in some writing I've done, I've shared this, uh, to the congregation, but I want to share it again because it's, it's worth sharing again because it's a story that stirs our faith. It stirs my faith and it stirs our faith that this stuff happens, that God does this kind of thing. And so I, um, I was talking on the, on the phone with a friend of mine who lives out of state, good friend of mine, and he was sharing with me about his marriage. He told me about how he and his wife were not, they're not doing that while well. they were struggling in their relationship. She just didn't seem very happy, um, um, and they weren't connecting very well. And so he asked me to pray about that. And I said, absolutely, I will pray. So the next morning, I had a quiet time, pri- prayer time with the Lord. And so I, I started to pray for them. But instead of just praying, Lord, pray for my friend, help them, you know, all this. Stuff, that's what I would often do. And this, this time I decided, you know what, I'm just going to stop. Before I jump into prayer, I'm just going to stop and ask Jesus if he has anything for them how he wants me to pray or anything he wants to bring to my mind. And so I just quieted my heart. I said, Lord, do you have anything for my friend? And I just waited and was attentive. And as I did that, this picture came into my mind. It was a picture of a bulldozer. Now, again, this was kind of a fleeting thought. It wasn't this HD quality color, you know, I could see the name. on No, there wasn't any of that. It was just sort of this impression just kind of dropped in my mind Um, a fleeting thing. Now, in the past, I would have ignored that. Like, bulldozer, stop thinking about that. I'm praying. You know, I would have done that. Um, But I had just asked the Lord to speak to me. And so I paid attention this time. And as I did pay attention, I felt like it just became clearer in my mind. The picture became actually clearer in my mind. I felt it more strongly. So later that day, I emailed my friend. I said, hey, I was praying for you guys this morning. I had this picture come to mind. I saw uh, just a picture of a bulldozer. I don't know what it means, but I felt like I was supposed to share it with you. He, he responded in an email, um, sort of making a joke out of this. And later he, he admitted to me that he, his initial thought was, um, oh, there's Alan doing that listening prayer thing, that weird listening prayer thing again. <clears throat> uh, so, um, well, a couple days later, he and his wife were having dinner they were eating out and having a dinner, but just the two of them. And they started talking about their marriage and why it had been so difficult lately. And at one point she said to him, you don't really listen to me. You, you, you ask what I think, but you already have your mind made up. You already have, you, you have a, your agenda and what you want to do. And what I say doesn't matter. Now, he, he, he told me he was, he was politely listening to her, nodding his head but inwardly preparing all of his rebuttals, right? He was inwardly preparing his response, you know, all of that, feeling defensive and preparing his response. When all of a sudden she said, I feel like you're a bulldozer. Just focusing on moving your agenda forward. And he told me later that at that moment, it was like someone hit him in the gut. Someone hit him in the gut, The spirit broke through his own blindness, his own defensiveness. He suddenly saw and heard the truth of what she was saying. She'd been saying it for months. She'd been telling him this for months. And he was, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, right? But finally, he heard it. He heard it. I mean, tears came to his eyes. He admitted that she was right. He told her how sorry he was for the hurt that he had caused and the way he had done that with her, and he genuinely meant all this. Their marriage has been completely restored, it's completely turned around. It was a huge breakthrough. She now feels heard and cared for in a way that she didn't before. And it all happened as a result of a bulldozer image coming to my mind during prayer, an image that I could have easily ignored. See, if we want to grow in our ability to hear Jesus' voice, we need to pay attention to the thoughts and the words and the pictures and the scripture references that, that come to our mind in, this, in our inner being, that those impressions. Whereas previously we would have ignored these things, now we pay attention to them as divine whispers, as, the, as ways in which the Spirit may be speaking. Now, a couple of things have been really helpful um, for me in this regard. One is to practice being still. Um, we, we are so inundated with noise and technology. It is constant. We have, we have lost our ability to, to be quiet and to be still. And so if you're wanting to grow in this, I encourage you to create space for you to just be quiet in the Lord's presence. And the other thing that's been really helpful um, along with that is in, in my learning process has been to have a specific focus when I listen. Because what I initially would do, I'd hear a sermon about this or whatever, and I'd I want to hear God speak, and I know he can speak. And so, so when I first started trying to learn this, <clears throat> I would get into a quiet, get in a quiet place, and I'd quiet my heart, and then I would say, Lord, speak to me. Which was really hard because I didn't have a specific thing that I was needing to hear him about it was just about anything in the universe um you know and it was just really hard for me to kind of focus on that and so what has helped me in a huge way is when I listen to God when I try to listen is to have a specific focus like in my example I told a moment ago my focus in that moment was on my friend's marriage God do you want me to say anything do you want to say anything to me about my friend and his wife and their marriage I had a specific focus. Just the other day, I was praying for a friend whose birthday was was coming up, and I asked God, Lord, how do you see this person? And then I waited, and God gave me this really cool picture, and then some words to go along with that, things I was just hearing. I felt like the Lord was saying, and I wrote them down, and I shared them with this person. It's really cool, because I had a focus. See, asking God questions is a great way to focus. It could be a question about someone else, like you just mes- uh, mentioned, or it could be a question about you. For instance, you could, you could get quiet before the Lord and then just say to God, God, when you look at me, what do you see? Or, God, what do you like about me? It's a great question. Or, um, God, is there anything in my life that you're concerned about right now? And then write, ask the Lord the question, and then write down whatever you hear. You can evaluate it later. Sometimes, our, you know, we just get so Is that the Lord or not? Blah, blah, blah. And I'll talk about that in a little bit, but you can evaluate it later. We're, what, what we're doing right here, we're asking the Lord a question. We're just trying to get the pump going here. We're just trying to learn how to pay attention to God's whispers. So write down whatever you sense, whatever you're sensing. It's the way to begin learning this. This this kind of attentive listening, it is a mark of a genuine friendship in any relationship. You can't have a really deep friendship if either of the people doesn't listen very well. And the same thing is true with God. It's a mark of a genuine friendship with Jesus. Now, There's there's another important aspect of listening um, that Jesus specifically mentions as it relates to being a friend of his friendship. In John 15, 14, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. You're my friends if you do what I command. See, obedience to Jesus is a mark of genuine friendship with Jesus. And, And so as we listen, we're listening with the heart Of a servant Um, When Samuel in the Old Testament Was a little boy And he was just learning to hear God speak His mentor Eli told him to go back to his bed And say to God I love this, this phrase Speak Lord for your servant is listening That's just a cool Posture Heart posture to have when we listen The posture of God Whatever you want me to do Whatever you want me to do I'm yours completely Just speak to me and I'll do it. What we're talking about here really is this, this conversational, intimate relationship with Jesus where he regularly speaks to us. His love, his truth, his guidance, it's just this conversational kind of an experience, this union with him. And all all of that is accessible to us. Him speaking, it's all accessible. The critical question is, again, are we being attentive? Are we making time to listen Or are we just scurrying throughout our day like Martha, busy doing good things, but never stopping to just sit at Jesus' feet, listening to what he has to say to us? Okay, now anytime this topic of hearing the Lord's voice, hearing God's voice, anytime this is brought up, we all have this question kind of rumbling around in our mind. It's a legitimate question. The question is, how do I know it's God speaking I mean how do I know it's not what I had for dinner or or my own thoughts or perhaps the enemy is trying to deceive me how do I know it's God now, I agree that this area is a bit messy, and because of that, a lot of Christians just kind of say, nope, we're not going to go there. We're just going to stay here. Um, so, I, that's, But that's not us as a church. We're not, we're not doing that. We believe God speaks. And it can be a little messy, but that's okay because God has given us a specific way to deal with the messiness. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, God says to us to test And weigh anything that God is saying, any prophetic word, any way God's speaking, test it, evaluate it. Well, cool. We can do that. We don't have to freak out about it. We can just test and weigh these things. And so that's what I want to talk about for just a moment. How do we test and weigh if we're hearing, we think we're hearing something, how do we know it's from God? How do we we weigh and evaluate that? Well, let me mention four specific tests that we can use to discern whether or not what we're hearing is from God. Now, I can't spend a lot of time here on this whole listening thing, but... I've written a book um, called *More*, which is about experiencing the Holy Spirit, um, and um, I have four chapters in there. There are four chapters on how to hear God's voice, and and I get you know much deeper than I can deal with here. So I just want to encourage you. If you want more information, you can check that out. It's available on Kindle for like 99 cents. You can order from Amazon. We have copies at 15th Street. I'm in our lobby here and our bookstore here, and so there are a lot of. There's an audible version as well, um, and we're also we're also having a seminar um, later. September, the last weekend of September, um, a more weekend where we have someone coming in and we're going to have a a seminar on how to hear God's voice. And so those, those are some extra resources, but let me mention here that here are the four tests. First of all, is a scripture test. Does what I'm hearing align with the Bible? Does, does it violate any principle in the Bible? So for instance, if you're hearing God say, you don't need to forgive that person. You don't need to forgive them. Or if you're hearing God say, hey, it's it's okay to sleep with your girlfriend. Everyone's doing it. I'm okay with it. You know, be at peace. If you're hearing that, it's not from God. Okay, you know it's not from God. He would never say anything that would violate a principle in the Bible. So the first test is to see if whatever we're hearing aligns with scripture. A second test is the tone test. Remember earlier, we talked about how when God speaks, he speaks in a gentle whisper, usually. And that says volumes about the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us. When the Holy Spirit is speaking, his voice is gentle, not condemning. The tone of it is loving, not bullying. And we we need to pay attention to the tone of what we're hearing. I mean, if as we're listening, what we hear is spoken to us in a forceful, condemning, bullying, guilt-ridden way, we can know that's not from God. When God speaks, I'm not saying God has to, you know, tell us all these nice things. I'm not saying that. When, When God speaks, it may be direct, but it will always feel loving. I mean, God can say some really hard things to us, but he can, he will always do so in a way that communicates his love, right? So he can say hard things, but he does it in a way that communicates his love for us. And so it's vital as we're trying to evaluate, is this from God or not? It's vital that we pay attention to the tone of what the spirit, of what this sense we have, the tone. Is it condemning? Is it bullying? Is it, you know, guilt ridden, you know, we got to pay attention to the tone. A third test to utilize is what I call the resonance test. Does this word or whatever, does it resonate with me or with someone who knows me or well? So earlier I mentioned that when a thought or a picture comes to mind, it may initially be a fleeting thought, you know, just kind of Really fleeting it's just sort of this quick thought We have something we could easily ignore Like a bulldozer right like that image So what I have found is that it helps To just kind of sit in that for a moment So I'm asking the Lord to speak I'm listening this thought comes to mind Just sit in it for a moment And usually when I do that one of two things Happens one it either Just goes away It doesn't feel like it was from God at all It doesn't have any weight to it I just kind of forget About it or the other thing that often Happens is it starts to become clearer. It has some traction to it. It stays with me. I I see it clearer in my mind or my heart. It it starts to gain traction. When that happens, pay attention to it. This other thing probably wasn't God. It's just a fleeting thing. But when it starts to gain traction, pay attention to it because it may be that the Spirit is indeed speaking to you. A final test is the fruit test. Look at the fruit of the word that was given to you. Does it draw you closer to Jesus? Does it stir up good things in you? Or in other people that you share it with? This is so important. I remember someone who was just learning how to, about this stuff, and they were starting to practice, um, you know, hearing, listening to God. They were starting to practice this. And, and then later she shared with me, I don't know. I'm just kind of worried. She was just so worried that she was going to be or she was being deceived by the enemy. How do I know this is God's voice? And so I asked her, well, what was the impact of what you sense God speaking to you about. And, and she said, well, I, I felt loved by God and I kind of wanted to spend more time with him. And, and so I said, well, do you think that Satan would want you to feel more loved by God? Do you think Satan would want you spending more time with Jesus? Uh, I guess not. Um, so, so look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. And, and remember, this is, this is about relationship. Jesus is a good shepherd, And sheep can be kind of dumb, okay? He uses that analogy, and we're the sheep, I guess. So in that analogy, the the shepherd cares way more about guiding the sheep than the sheep even care about being guided, and he still gets them where they need to go, right? So he's not going to let us go astray, especially if we utilize these tests that he's given to us. I find, I find that many of us as Christians have more faith in Satan's ability to deceive us than we do in God's ability to speak to us. And that's just wrong. (laughs) We, We should not have more faith in Satan's ability to deceive us than we do in God's ability to speak to us. Our faith and trust are in this amazing Savior who loves us and has given us his word to keep us on the path, absolutely, and he has given us his Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and to reveal specific things to us. Jesus, our shepherd, he wants to speak to you. He wants to help you and me grow in our ability to hear his voice. He really does. He really does. Now, now please hear me. This is so important. I am no expert in this. And I don't want anyone here to think that I have some special pipeline to God. And it's 24-7. I'm just hearing him right now. I'm hearing him speak. And I do not believe that is not what's happening here. There are many, many times that I want to hear him speak and I don't hear anything. But I will say that for my wife, Raylene, and I, this journey of learning how to, and I'm still on this journey, but the learning, this journey of how to better hear the Spirit speak, it has been life to our souls. It has deepened our level of intimacy with Jesus, it has opened doors for ministry to other people. And hearing the Spirit's voice has helped us get through some really difficult seasons in our lives. He didn't give us the answers to our why questions, but what he did speak to us about, he repeatedly reminded us of his love for us and his presence with us, things that a friend would do. That's what he spoke to us about, things that a friend would speak to us about. Jesus really does want you and me to be more than servants. He wants us to be his friends who pay attention for his whispers and who joyfully follow him. That's what he wants. That's what he invites us to experience. So let's pray together. So Holy Spirit, I am asking you right now, the word, the Bible tells us, you are the presence of Jesus in us. And if we have placed our trust in you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so I thank you for that truth right now. In fact, I, I just want to stop for a moment I mean, keep your head bowed. I want to just change prayer direction for just a moment. Um, because there may be some of you here and you don't know whether or not you have a personal relationship with Jesus. And you don't know if the Holy Spirit lives in you. Um, and so what I want to do, I want to lead you in a prayer Or you can enter into a relationship with Jesus. And one of the results of this is when you place your trust in Jesus, he gives you his spirit as a gift to live in you. And so if you don't know that you have a relationship with Jesus, you're not sure, or maybe you know you don't and you want a relationship, pray along with me in the silence of your heart. Dear God, I acknowledge that you are holy and I am not. I've done my own thing. I've gone my own way. And I acknowledge that my sin separates me from you. But I don't want to be separated from you. I want a relationship with you. So even though there was nothing I could do to get to you, you came to me by sending your son, Jesus, to earth. And Jesus, you lived a perfect life, and then you died on the cross for me. You died in my place. You took the penalty for my sin upon yourself. Thank you. And I choose right now to place my trust in you alone. I bring you my sin and my and my failures and my doubts and fears and questions and shame. I just bring it all to you and I leave it with you. And in exchange, I receive your forgiveness of all of my sin, past, present, the sin I haven't even committed yet. And I receive your Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, come live in me. Forever, changing me from the inside out through the power of your love. So God, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer. Man, thank you, Lord, that you have come to live in them now through the presence of your spirit. Okay, so now that we've taken care of that, I am asking, Holy Spirit, you would help us learn to hear you better. Stir up expectancy in our hearts that you indeed do speak this way stir it up and we also pray that you would help us grow in attentiveness that we would take time to just listen to your voice so we want to we want to do this right now just we're, we're kind of a, about response here not just about listening to messages and we we want to practice these things And as I've said before, I just want to reiterate, if you're you're here and you're visiting or maybe you don't even believe there's a God, you're an atheist or agnostic or whatever, man, I'm so glad you're here. I don't want you to feel any pressure to do anything I'm saying. You can just chill because we're just so glad you're here. But if you are a person who you know Jesus and you want to learn to hear his voice, let's just practice, okay? So here's what I want us to do. Just quiet your heart. just be still. And I know this is hard. Sometimes when we're still, it's like our minds are going 800 miles an hour. That's just because we haven't practiced this very much. So don't get discouraged. That's normal. When you're driving 80 miles an hour, it's hard to stop on a dime. You know, that doesn't happen. And so when we're going, 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 and then we stop to be still, sometimes our, our minds keep going and that's normal and it gets better. So we're just practicing, but let's just quiet our heart. Holy Spirit, speak to us. And here, here's the question I want you to ask the Lord. It's a friendship question. I mentioned it earlier. Here's a question. Just, just ask the Lord this. God, what do you like about me? What do you like about me? And then listen with your inner bank. What does he say in response? You know, pay attention, don't dismiss the, You know, a lot of times we're dismissive of things oh he couldn't say that, blah blah so again I just want to encourage you when you do this kind of practice just pay attention I like to write it down, whatever I'm hearing just write it down in a journal and I can evaluate it later but what is he saying? maybe he gave you a picture, maybe he gave you a word that came to your mind maybe you didn't hear anything and folks that is totally okay, we're learning it's totally okay, don't give up But I think many of you heard something about what God likes about you, which is cool, because often we're more on the, oh, God, what don't you like about me? You know, that's sort of that. We carry that a lot. It's pretty cool to ask him what he does like, because he created you. Okay, let's do it again. We're going to do a second question this time, but now I want you to think about another person in your life, another person that's pretty close to you. I guess it could be, but ideally someone who's close to you. Think about another person. So have them in your mind. It may be a child. It may be your spouse. maybe a friend. Just have them in your mind. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to ask a question. Ask God a question about them. So here's the question. God, when you look at so-and-so, what do you see? Ask him that. So that may be something, if you heard something, is encouraging. It may be something you want to share with them or something you want to pray into for them, if it would encourage them. So God, thank you that you you speak. And whether we heard or not, man, we're just growing in this. And I thank you for these promises in Scripture that you want to speak to us. And Jesus, you want to reveal your heart. And I pray for all of us here to grow in our experience of hearing your voice. So now, Lord, we want to just be in your presence as we worship and maybe respond in a couple other ways, or we just want to be in your presence. And so set us free to do that, to delight in you and to even hear your voice now. Maybe there are other things you want to speak to us about.